Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 256 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Today, we're going to discuss the balance between training and competition, around the net shots, and how different grips can affect your game. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, as you can see, it's a bit cold in Melbourne today. Yes, yeah, certainly is. Just not long ago, you had a beanie on your head, Alois. That's how cold it was. This one, indeed. <laughs> Very good. And uh, speaking about this day, Alois, uh, uh, what happened on the 22nd of April in history? Well, a couple of big birthdays, Jeffrey. Um, Jack Nicholson who, as we all know, starred in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and As Good As It Gets and The Shining. There you go. Just and, to name a few. Yeah, just to name a few, exactly. And a Few Good Men, was he in A Few Good Men? I reckon he yep. was. He was. He was indeed. I'm, He's been the Joker in Batman. Ah, the uh, Batman, of course. He's 79 years old. I find that really hard to believe. That's but pretty old. That is pretty old. But it is also an, another and probably more famous birthday today, Jeff. Yeah. Jorgen Persson. Oh, Jorgen Persson. Well done. That is impressive. Yeah. So uh, world champion in 1991. So, uh, yeah. One of the all-time greats and, you know, world uh, world teams champion for Sweden. Um on a few occasions, and uh, yeah, one of one of the real good guys of, of uh, world table tennis too. Everyone loved him. Everyone did love him. World champion twenty five years ago. Wow. Oh, that's that's a bit sad, isn't it? Twenty five years. <laughs> Just seems like yesterday. It does. It does. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, Jorgen. Happy birthday, Jack. Absolutely. Now, Alois. I had a bit of a sore tooth and so I phoned up the dentist and I said, I need an appointment. Um, can I can I come in at like about five o'clock? And yeah, right. they said to me, no, nah, sorry, the only time we can do is tooth hurty. Oh, oh Jeff, really? Tooth hurty, dentist? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, just, yeah. Don't explain the bad ones, Jeff. <laughs> Friday funnies, everybody loves them. Everybody's at home laughing right now. It's great. Yeah, yeah or not. <laughs> All right, maybe not. I was actually going to get my son to do it, but to come on the show and tell the joke, but he's too busy watching the football. Hawthorne versus Adelaide, really close match on right now. Yeah, and, and in the A-League, Adelaide's going 3-1 up, I think, against Melbourne City. There you go. There's the, there's the sports report, the Australian sports report. <laughs> Indeed. All right, now, yesterday's Pink Skills question of the day, Alois, was can Lucy Wen and Ding Ning recover from their loss in the first qualification process and come back and win the gold medal? Yeah, what so... What think? Yeah, had a, had a few uh, responses, not many, but Robert Symes said, yes, definitely. He gave us a definitely as well. And uh, Eugene said, I guess she lost because she underestimated Du Hoi Kin, um, and who is actually a really strong player. 
And Juan Carlos Castillo Gracia, uh, when and where is the second qualification? It's not finished yet. Well, yeah, she can still qualify um, through world rankings. So being one of the top ranked in the world, she still will probably make it into the field. But I think it, now it'll depend on who is higher between Lucy Wen and Ding Ning. Mm. Interesting. Because both both of them missed out. So it does make things really interesting, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. So um, it'll be good when all this is sorted and we just know the list and we can say this is the people that are qualified and uh, then we can start making predictions about who's going to win the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, you know, you probably probably go, you know, China, China, don't you? um, Yeah, almost, almost certainly. Yeah, and at, at, the moment, at the moment, so Lushi Wen is one, Ding Ning is number two, and there is 62 points difference on the world rankings. So on that, Lushi Wen would get in, and on that, Ding Ning misses out on playing in the Olympic singles event. What about mm-hmm. that? Well, let's see what happens. Very controversial, isn't it, that the top... The- the number, number two player in the world could potentially miss out. Yeah. Current world champion. Indeed. Well, today's being Silas question of the day, Alois, is about Ma Long. We want to know, he's the overwhelming favourite. Is he going to win or can a dark horse come up and win the Olympics? Love to hear your thoughts. Jump onto our Facebook page or onto the Ping Skills blog and let us know who can take Ma Long down. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's certainly had some pretty good form recently. Yeah, he's just been almost unbeatable. And then, you know, the Olympic qualification in the women just saw a couple of surprises, but not for Ma Long, just powering ahead, super confident and, you know, just running into the form of his life that's just extending over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, and... He's only going to have to cope with one other Chinese player in the field. And, you know, we still don't know who that is. At the moment, Fan Zendong is number two in the world. Um, Zhu Xin, number three. Zhang Ke number four. Looks like Zhang Ke is gone. <laughs> At number four in the world, gone. Exactly. Gone. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, you know... Let's get into some questions now, Alois. Uh, let's leave those Olympic scenarios behind us. And, um, yeah, as I said, jump into the questions. And first up is a really interesting question from Ezzy. He says, I'm able to play about two to three sessions, two hours per session, per week. So in your opinion, what is the right balance between training and competition? Should I be doing 70% training, 30% competition, 50-50? What are your thoughts, Alois? Yeah, so it really depends a lot on your um, the stage of the year, so your preparation phase and where you're at, and also your stage of development. So initially, when you first start playing table tennis, most of it needs to be um, around your training and drills and just starting, trying to get those basics right. Um, and then you can start to play some more competition. But let's think about your year as a whole as well. So if um, you've got your year 
and you're trying to work towards uh, playing in a big tournament, um, say, in um, January next year. So you need to start to think about structuring your, your year as to how much training and how much competition you do in that period. As you get closer to your competition, so closer to January, then you need to be starting to play some more matches and more competition time. But now you could um, have a, a greater balance or greater percentage of just training time. So, so the further away from the competition you are, the more training time you do. The closer you are to your big tournament, the more competition you do. So that's, that's the real um, uh, crux of it. So, you know, um, in general, I mean, you probably need to train, you know, 70%, 30% as you suggested, 70% training, 30% competition. But certainly as you start to get closer to uh, your big tournament, then you need to be doing, you know, maybe 50% or more of matches and competitions and, you know, your, your local um, weekly competition, your weekly pennant fixtures, you know, uh, league, whatever it is. Yeah, interesting. So even close to the tournament, you still want to be doing a large amount of training, like 50% is still quite a large bit. You wouldn't sort of go 90% competition and only 10% training? Um, you could. I mean, it, it depend, depends on the player as well and their stage of development. So, you know, for example, um, one of the top players, you know, that or an older player, you know, past their peak perhaps – um, you know, on the on the down, um, they don't need to do that much of a bulk of training. Um, so Krianga, for example. So Krianga or Samsonov, um, before uh, a, a tournament or, you know, before the Olympic qualification, they'd be playing more games. You know, they don't need to do a bulk of forehands and backhands. They've done all that. Um, it's more about fine-tuning the, um, the gameplay. So is that because they've kind of practiced so much, they're kind of as good as they're going to get and they probably find the practice a little bit boring because they've done so much of it, whereas a younger player might be, um, you know, still have a lot of room to improve? Yeah, it's not even a matter of, yeah, it's not even a matter of boredom, I think. It's, yeah, it's just, you know, the, the younger player still has to put in that bulk of work to improve um, skill levels of, you know, technique and strokes and all that sort of stuff. Whereas Samsonov's technique isn't going to change much now. It's more about just fine-tuning and, you know, making sure that he's um, he's sharp, he's serving well, he's returning well, those sorts of things. Mm, interesting, yeah. Well, Ezzy, great question. Hopefully, um, Alois has given you some insights so that you can tailor that for your own training and competition. Great question. All right, next up is a question from Mod who says, are you allowed to return the ball around the net but under the net level? Are you ever? You certainly are. And it's just one of the really spectacular parts of table tennis. You know, so if someone plays the ball out really wide, you are allowed to go out wide. You don't have to go over the top of the net. You can go around the net. You can curve it. Um, and sometimes if the ball drops short, you know, like it just dropped some dribbles near the net and then bounces off the side. You can even go under that bit on the end of the ta- of the net that hangs over the, the table. So you can go under that too. So um, it is a pretty exciting part of the, of, of the game. And I saw a beauty last week in Perth. 
uh, rung the uh, current gold medalist in the Class 6 event, um, hit an absolute ripper. It was just a pure roll. Just um, the ball came out wide. He, he moved down. He just went bang, and it just skidded across the table. Beautiful. Yeah, that's the great thing about the around-the-net shot. Because you don't have to go over the net, the ball can go just at the same height as the table, hit the table, and as you said, roll along the table. It's unreturnable, Alloys. Yeah, yeah. That's the, this one. This one was. It just went zoom. Just, just gave the the table a nice little, you know, snick on the way through. Um, yeah, unreturnable. So yeah, great. Yeah. And and there, there is is it. There's a video of a Chinese league match with, is it Zhu Zin and someone, and they play like some ridiculous number of round the nets in one rally. It's just a huge rally. I have to have to find that and uh, put it up as a link for you. Yeah, that sounds good. And I saw recently just on YouTube someone put together a whole video, a few minutes of just around the net shot. So if I can find that, I'll put it in the show notes as well. So you can start watching spectacular around-the-net shots. All right, good question again, Maud. And the next one, Alice, is from Shrikanth, who says, My backhand topspin is not right. I'm playing with my back closed. My coach says it's because of my grip. So what should I do, continue with this action, or should I change my action? Okay, so it's probably not the action. It's probably, as your coach said, it's probably your grip. So if you've... so. This is your normal grip, right? So it's straight in your hand. Often what players do is they will turn their grip around like that in their hand um, for their backhand, which does tend to help for the backhand, but it also just really flattens out the angle of your racket. So to start off with, get your grip pretty central. Your stroke might actually be perfectly fine, but once you... um, change your grip, then the stroke might flow a little bit better. So it might just be you turned your back way too much over and the, the bat's coming through like that and so you really haven't got much of the ball, the bat to see uh, or the ball can't see much of the bat as it's coming through. So just open it up a little bit, get that grip more um, central in your hand and give that uh, give that backhand a whirl. Mm, sounds, sounds so easy when you say it like that. Now, we get quite a lot of questions about the grip, Alois, and some people might put two fingers on the bat or, you know, turn it in their hand. How important is it when you're learning table tennis to get the right grip from the start? Especially early on, you know, really important. Getting getting that bat central in your hand is really important. I see so many players, um, you know, turning it one way or even the other. I don't mind this way too much, but um, players that turn their bat all the way around into their backhand make it really difficult to do anything with their forehand. So, um, yeah, so really, really focus on that. Make sure you're centralising it. The other thing is that we talk about the grip is just making sure that you're getting that really nice and light in your hand. Again, I see players really strangling the bat, like, you know, hold... The bat's light. The ball's really light. You don't need a lot of power in your in your fingers um, to make this stroke work. So really relax them off there. Still keep contact with the with the racket, but you don't definitely don't need too much pressure here, especially in your little finger and this in your ring finger. Keep them nice and relaxed, and then you'll find the rest of the hand will be relaxed as well. Um, but keep that 
grip nice and central when you're when you're playing. Really important um, to start off with. Yeah, all right, great tips there. So Shrikanth, um, hopefully that helps you out. I'll put a link also in the show notes to our video on how to hold a table tennis bat. Make sure to check that out. Just get the grip right, and then everything else um, should fall into place. Um, or maybe it's not that easy, but at least you've got the right grip to be able to develop your strokes. Yeah, so, I mean, once you've got your grip, then, I mean, check our backhand topspin video. Make sure you've got the start and finish positions right. You know, if, you, if you're doing that, that correctly, it's, it's hard to go wrong. So grip right, start position right, finish position right, bang, balls on the table every time. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Now, before we wrap up the show, Alois, um, there are, um, it's going to be a big weekend of table tennis, hopefully for everyone, but we're making some changes to the Pink Skill Shed on the weekend. We are. The, uh, the uh, rubberized flooring is going down in the shed. So uh, next time you see it, it'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be uh, new flooring. We won't know ourselves in there, Jack. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be, um, I think it's going to look great on the videos and, you know, it's going to be obviously really good for playing on. Yeah, I, lo- I love the uh, Taraflex or Tinsui um, flooring. It just gives you a nice grip. You don't slide around. You're there. You can just focus on making your shot. So, yes, um, hopefully by Sunday night that'll all be done. It'll all be down. So, um, yeah, one of our friends, uh, Trevor McDowell, is coming over to give us a give us a hand. He's a ping skiller um, and coach from down Warrnambool Way. So, um, yeah, so that, uh, that'll be interesting to see. By the way, he'll, he'll be doing all the brains, most of them, and I'll just be helping. <laughs> Brilliant. So a big thank <laughs> you to Trevor. All right, so that does wrap up our show. Make sure you check out pingskills.com. Sign up for our free newsletter to get lots of tips each week. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Have a great weekend of table tennis. And, of course, thank you, Alloys. Yep, thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Bye now.